It's time to talk about where this Toronto Maple Leafs team goes from here. Impact on the fantasy value of that core four in Toronto is going to be broken down on Monday's episode. And of course, Steele and I are diving into Kraken Stars. Game seven and the key takeaways for that matchup. Thank you for joining us. Let's get right to it. You're locked on fantasy hockey. Your daily podcast on fantasy hockey. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back inside the lab, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every single day and today's episode, you know, I got this one, Steel. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Coming off the weekend, Steel, there's a lot of ways we can take some of the conversations that we saw from the hockey over Friday, Saturday, and even a bit of Sunday. We record early, so we're going to get to a lot more breakdowns in the rest of the week. Carolina and all the other series winners, of course. But today's episode, we want to talk a little bit about the Toronto Maple Leafs, the fantasy fallout of the players' performances or lack thereof. Is it a successful year for the Leafs? Where do they go from here, Steele? I'm going to ask you a big-time question. Is it Keith? Is it Dubas and Shanahan? Or is it one of those core four to go? And, of course, I'm excited to chat with Steele about teeing up Game 7 between the Kraken and Stars. A lot of storylines to highlight there. Jason Robertson, can he step up? Eberle going beast mode right now. Big-time bets for Monday's Game 7. Steele. You know I didn't want to do this one, pal. You know this is tough. We're gonna to try. We're gonna just talk about you had. Let's have a conversation. Where do you want to take this one? Game five reaction. That's where we're starting. Yeah, you know I thought it would be nice for us to jump on here. We haven't really had uh, lengthy conversations of the Toronto Maple Leafs. You and I are both fans. We're both from Toronto, and I thought it'd just be nice to mm. jump on here. We let you know we let the weekend uh, kind of ride out after game five. <laughs> we gave ourselves a couple of days to kind of regroup and. Uh, I might need more. Yeah, we might need a few more days, <laughs> but nonetheless, thought it'd be a good time to jump on here and recap our thoughts on uh, the second round series between the Florida Panthers. And before we get to the actual uh, juice of it with the Toronto Maple Leafs, just got to start off by saying Florida was unreal. Four-one series win. They were the better team. Yep. They were the better team. Uh, they deserve. Yes. They deserve to win this series. And with me, 100%. with me saying that, that's not me saying that the Leafs were embarrassed because the Leafs weren't embarrassed, in my opinion. Even mm. though on the score sheet, on uh, you know, in the series, mm. it was four-one Florida. I don't think they were embarrassed. Four of the five games were decided by one goal. Two of them went to overtime. Um, but yeah, game five, Leafs and Panthers. Um, you know, even right before you and I, <laughs> you even before you and I jumped on here. Right away, yeah. I knew you and I were going to talk about this. Is the Ratko Gudis play uh, at the very at the very mm. end, the game winning goal from Nick Cousins? Right, and right. it's so hard to see everything at full speed game uh, game speed, and, and you know, True. it's you can't. It's so hard to. I know we want to blame the refs, and we probably will blame the refs, like every other Maple Leafs fan. But it's so hard to blame the refs at game speed at that type of situation. Especially afterwards yeah. when you watch the replay and actually see it 
more than you saw it when it actually happened live. Because I didn't see that when it first happened. I just saw Nick Cousins' toe drag, and he buries it short side on jo- on Joseph Wall. That's all I saw. But once you see the replay, you see Ratko uh, yeah. Gudis going hard to the net. You see him holding mm-hmm. on to, to Callie Yarncroke's stick where he's unable yep. to poke check the puck. Otherwise, he would have had that. That would have been a great defensive play. But Gudis is there holding the stick. And that should have been a penalty. And I don't want to get don't want to blame the refs because it's such a hard job. But in this type of situation, you can't not blame the refs because it's right there. And after seeing the replay, you just get so, so frustrated. It's gut-wrenching feeling for, for all of our uh, Maple Leaf fans out there. Um, but at, at the end of the day, the Florida Panthers were the better team. But after watching a couple of those replays, and I want to get your take on the Morgan Riley no-goal uh, no mm. as well after this yeah. but it's gut-wrenching it just sucks yeah it's it, it look if if we're just being completely biased toronto maple leafs fans uh aside from all the preamble you gave which i think is spot on calling it in speed in time it's such a hard call to make i totally get that and i'm never one to actually come on here and defend referees but maybe i am here with this take because still you also said something to me that was, did they get embarrassed? No. Were there points where their performance was embarrassing? Yes. I think so. Yes. Because p- putting up two goals over the last, what was it? Seven Five games. out of your last seven games. Right. So, yeah, like that's just not going to cut it. And I think we'll talk a lot about that core four. We'll talk about the offense. We're going to talk a lot about the specificities of where this Toronto team mm-hmm. goes later in the episode. But just straight up and down. The call was the call. Was it the wrong one? Yes. And this is where I want to leave this. When the Toronto Maple Leafs fail to score more than two goals in that many games and they have the talent that they have, I'm not going to dive into Joseph Wall. I'm not going to dive into injuries. I'm not going to dive into some questionable decisions from Sheldon Keefe just yet. You got to score more goals. So as much as yes, I'm going to put that one on the refs on that one. You can't leave these games up to one goal this many times steal against this Florida Panthers team. And that's where the fault lays on the Maple Leafs offense and the core four offensive pieces. I know Nylander looked off uh, dangerous at times. We'll get there. But just to talk about the point that you mentioned, for me, the call was brutal. It is tough to make it. I get that too. Uh, Florida outplayed the Maple Leafs for most of the series. I'm not hanging this on one play, but at the end of it all, I think what it missed to me, the Maple Leafs can't leave all these games this close because this is what happens. Bad bounces, questionable calls, and you just get your back broken when you don't get it done in the regular 60 minutes. Yeah, and, and it, it, we're going to get we're going to get to the four core later in this episode, but it's just brutal because they can't even go back in and, and take a look at it either it just it happened so fast Mm. there was no call in the play it was just a goal you can't go back and review or replay it to see if there was potentially a penalty like that's just not what it is and so that's what that's the worst part about it but what makes it even worse about game five was the one part in the game where they actually had the chance to get the right call they reviewed it for it seemed like 20 minutes And you still get the wrong call. You call it the puck was in the net. The puck was in the net. net. I know at the very, you know, the first five minutes, it's like they were trying to get the right angle. And finally, we were able to see. We're talking about the Morgan Riley goal, by the the way. The Morgan Riley no goal here where it should have counted. 
I'm calling it a goal steal. I'm just spicy, I'm salty right now. Simple as that. It was a goal. And seeing, again, seeing all of the replays and reviews now a day later or a couple of days later, you can clearly see the puck enter the net immediately when Morgan Riley uh, slides the puck to the right, uh, far right post uh, and right pad of Sergei Bobrovsky. You can see the puck yeah. clear the clear the red line. Yeah. There's a little bit of yeah. of white ice between the red line and the goal crease or the goal net as well. And even afterwards, you can tell Bobrovsky and Anthony Duclair is right there with his hockey stick, hiding it from the back of his uh, Bobrovsky skate and pulling it out of the mm. net. So for me, again, two plays in Game Five were. The Morgan Riley, that goal ties it up, and potentially the Nylander one wins the game. Mm-hmm. And secondly, yep. the non-call in overtime on Ratko Gudis, who's just steamrolling, holding John Croak's stick on his way to the net. So two missed calls, but the fact that they actually had the chance to review it and still got it wrong just makes me more frustrated than I already am. Yeah, I get, and I get that frustration, and there's no way to even – I'm not even going to say a single thing to disagree with that frustration because the calls are the calls. I think I just revert back to my first statement is, unfortunately, when you leave the games this close, leaving it up to yeah. chance, bad things happen to you. And I know there's no you know, there's no real method to what I'm speaking about, Steel, right? It's just one of those caveats of sports that you just feel when you don't pounce on those opportunities or – if you will, if you leave it so much up to chance against a team that realistically, aside from that beast mode forecheck and aside from Bobrovsky stealing a number of games, I still think the Toronto Maple Leafs could have easily won that series. Yeah. I'm not here to detract from the Florida Panthers. I meant meant to do say that right off the top because I'm not going to be one of those Toronto Maple Leafs fans that comes in here and says anything. Kudos to Carter Verhage. Kudos to Gustav Forsling, Brandon Montour, Matthew Kachuk, of course, Paul Maurice, and everyone a part of the Florida Panthers franchise because they've been written off from the yeah. start. And they've just showed a confidence that I think really uh, emits from Matthew Kachuk's swagger. Anyway, we'll get all into the rest of this series deal. That did end in five games in the Florida Panthers' favor couple of more angles to break down. Was it a successful year for the Leafs? What does it mean for their fantasy pieces? And I got to ask Steele, who's got to go steal? Because changes have to be made in Toronto. Is it Dubas and Shanahan? Is it Keith behind the bench? Or is it one of those core four? I need to ask that to Steele right after the break. And we'll wrap up the show with a game seven. Kraken, Stars, Tee Up, and our big time bets. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens and AG1. And you know, this is one of the products that Seal and I talk about a lot, but it's because we love to use it every single day before or after the gym. It helps you focus better. It's lifestyle friendly. It will help you age with grace. And whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or even gluten-free, it is good for you, and it contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, and it still tastes good. It helps you sleep at night. It helps you recover from injuries. It helps support mental clarity. And at the end of the day, it will give you that boost both before and after the gym. And it only costs less than 3 bucks a day to invest in your health. Way, way cheaper than that cold brew habit. And it's also a lot easier than looking out for 100 different supplements and pills you know steel hates all those pills that's why he's hard on that ag1 from athletic greens that has over seven thousand five star reviews and is recommended by pro athletes around the world 
Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop in a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs. With your first purchase, head over to athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and thank you so much for making the locked on fantasy hockey podcast your first listen every single day we are a part of the locked on podcast network where you can find a locked on podcast of your favorite team in all four major sports leagues and the ncaa your team every single day flip continuing on the topic of the toronto maple leaf being eliminated in the second round oh yeah um, oh, yeah. Was it a successful season? We are going to get to what needs mm. to change uh, in the future, the near future mm-hmm. for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but wrapping up uh, the season mm. as a whole. Um, was it a su- successful season for the Toronto Maple Leafs? To me, short answer, no. Um, mm. No, it, it wasn't a successful season whatsoever. I think in retrospect, you can say yes, because – they finally mm. got out of the first round, uh, and that's that's uh, sort of what everyone was looking for. You know, they did better uh, than last year, the last five, six years. Uh, so, yeah, maybe mm. maybe it was a successful season when you look at it that way. But for me, it wasn't because after what Kyle Dubas and, and the front office did, acquiring all of those mm. guys, uh, building this team around those four core players, and – not even getting to at least the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone the Stanley Cup, which this is a Stanley Cup team. It was built to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, I don't know. I don't care what anyone else says. This team on paper and viewing them from the NHL trade deadline have been great. So it wasn't a successful season in my books. I, I think still just in, in anyone, if, if, if it is a successful season in anyone's books, I, I really need to hear the explanation for how, and I think you made the good point of, you know, maybe, you know, off the jump and maybe for fair weather fans who are like, yeah, it's a successful season because they did better than last year and they got that first round B slain, but it means nothing. If like, I, I hate to say, uh, I don't like coming on this show and saying, go look at what this, different hockey analysts said, but go take a look at what Sid Sixero said after I think game two, when the Leafs dropped both at home, he said the, the, the setup for the Leafs was just so prime. Like I hate to sound like a Leafs. If I sound like a Leafs Homer here, I do taking out Tampa Bay, Boston goes down, Colorado goes out. All of these teams start to drop like flies and the Toronto Maple Leafs Vegas odds mean nothing. So first of all, throw that out the window. I'm not one of those guys who are like Vegas said the Leafs are the favorite. They could have easily won the cup. That's the only take that I need to say right at that time. And they didn't give Florida their due. They didn't give Florida their credit. They knew that that uh, forecheck was going to come in in beast mode and shred them up. And it shredded them up. And there was just, look, maybe I was going to leave this take for when I ask you in a second about who needs to go and what changes need to make. But here, I'll hit you with this. The season was a disappointment. Yeah. And, and it's just, it's not a successful season. When you said exactly the nail on the head is they have more than enough talent to win. The goaltending was going to be a powder keg all year. And what came down to it? 
The goaltending was a powder keg, and Austin Matthews doesn't show up when it counts the most. And say what you will about his underlying numbers. I've seen the Twitter Warriors talking about, <laughs> oh, he had the most most shots on net in the, in the playoffs, which is true. Had a pretty good, you know, he led the comeback performance there a couple of times against Tampa Bay. A couple of big goals. No goals in the second round against the Florida Panthers yeah. steal. Holy double H-E, double toothpicks. You know what I said in coming into the playoffs. Austin Matthews doesn't get it done. That's disappointing. Disappointing for the Leafs and a failure of a season once again. Yeah, it was a failure of a season. It wasn't just Matthews, you know. Marner had... No, no. I just meant to highlight, like, for me, the biggest thing. Of course. A lot of other reasons. Yeah, Marner only had three points. You know, Matthews, zero goals, Mm. two points. Tavares, one point. Tavares is another huge one. He was an X factor for me and he was invisible. Invisible. Aside from the very lucky series winner in the first round. Yeah, no, I I thought, yeah, he was clearly better in the first round. But yeah, Marner, three points. Matthews, two points. Tavares, zero Mm -hmm. goals. Nylander, only two goals. And, you know, to me, it's not even like, it's not even like Kachuk or Barkov or Montour were difference makers in this series at all because they weren't difference makers. Kachuk had zero goals. He had five assists. Like, he was playmaking. Yeah. He had five assists. Brodsky was a difference yeah. maker, in my but opinion, Kachuk if you're z- picking one. Kachuk had zero goals. Montour only had one goal and one point. Barkov had mm. three points. Like, their top guys weren't even the difference makers. Just as a group, collectively, mm. they came mm-hmm. together with a big group effort, as well as Vesna Bobrovsky yeah. decided to show up for the playoffs. Like, aye, aye, as well, aye. So, it's just, yeah, they had everything they had the path set up for them. You know, Tampa was going, they defeat Tampa, Boston's That's not it. there. Yeah, Atlanta's exactly. Gone. So, again, yeah. they they let this one slide right through their fingers. And especially for me, after the phenomenal job that Kyle Dubas did managing this team the way that he has mm-hmm. the last few seasons, but mm-hmm. what he did at the trade deadline, bringing in Lafferty, McCabe, Shen, O'Reilly, Achari. He brought in the guys to build around the core four. And they let this slip right through their fingers. So very tough, very tough for Toronto Maple Leafs and mm. all their fans out there. But again, the top guys didn't show up. And that's been the storyline for the last few postseasons as well. To me, the best player on this team this entire postseason, and it wasn't even close, was Morgan Riley. Oh, 12 points amazing. plus 11. He was an absolute dog out there at points. You know, he was really, really tried. I could see his veteran leadership really starting to shine through and try to lead this team to something that they haven't been able to do, and that shows some backbone. That shows some pushback. When you get punched in the mouth in a fight, you either lay down or you keep punching. And this Maple Leafs team showed another season of inability to not only take punches, but more importantly, to punch back. And at the end of the day, Steele, kudos due to the Florida Panthers team who took a lot of punches in that first round against the Boston Bruins. And look what they did when they punched back. Every team still left in this postseason also now brings the balanced attack that I think it takes to win the Stanley Cup. We're going to talk about that, I think, in a second here. Pre-ambling, previewing Game 7 between the Kraken and Stars. We're going to get there. We're going to get to big-time bets. And right after the break, though, Steele, i got to ask you quickly, and you can give me just a head-up-and-down answer. Where do the Maple Leafs need to make that change? Because to me, fantasy implications, overall success, bets if you're betting on the Leafs or if you just want to cry less tears, 
We need to know where yeah. they're headed in terms of that move. So let's talk about that. Why don't you take us to break? Yeah, we'll get to that. It might not be a very straightforward answer because I have a lot to say on what goes next oh, for the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs and that core so you, So you should. I have a lot to talk about for that. But we got to get to um, – we're going to get to big-time bets. But, of course, we got to pay these bills. And that mm-hmm. is with Game Time. This episode is brought to you by Game Time. Have you ever really wanted to go to a game or a big event – but couldn't find any last-minute tickets at a great price, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater shows near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best prices guaranteed, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun. I'll be using Game Time all summer long for BC Lion Games and Vancouver Whitecap tickets, which are right across the street from me, especially with last-minute last deals. I can get them so quick to the event time. When buying tickets so close to the Game Time, the Game Time app has incredible prices like flash deals on last-minute tickets and even images of the views from your seat before you purchase them. So Game Time is amazing for those spontaneous adventures. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event and exclusive flash deals on all events as well. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your mail or your purse or your bag for the virtual ones. Snag the tickets without the stress using the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Don't forget we are free and available on your favorite podcast platform, including YouTube. So make sure you hammer the subscribe, hammer the follow button. And we appreciate all the love, all the support you show us every single day. Flip, we are going to get mm. to the Stars Crack in Game 7. Of course, big time bets. Mm-hmm. But you have a question to ask. Mm-hmm. And not just I for do. me, for all the fans out there as well. What does the it future is. hold? And where the Toronto Maple Leafs need to make a move. Because just this is just it. And yeah. look. I, at the end of the day, Steel, when we come on this podcast and we talk about this team, I think there comes with the, some of these obvious loaded questions that because of the you know inability of the team to get things done and the predictability and the nature that they've done it makes it really tough for you and I to come on here and yeah. give takes that not everyone's heard a hundred thousand times listening to hockey you know, experts or whatever or podcasts or however you're hearing your takes. One of these three areas need to be shaken up in a big way. And uh, when I thought about it first, and I'm going to get this quick. We're going to get this out. This episode is going to be short. A lot of the motivation for teams and the starts, starts of games, breakouts on plays, to me, comes down to the coach. Comes down to the coaching staff and comes down to their ability to not only plan their team, prepare them, and have them ready to do the basic things that are needed to win a hockey game enter the zone, make good entry passes, bring that tempo at starts of games, show some ability to, you get punched in the mouth with an early goal, punch back. A lot of those things you didn't see. Game three against this Florida Panthers team, the Toronto Maple Leafs had an opportunity. They were nowhere. Does that mean they've lost the voice of the coach? 
Maybe. And I think, I think they really, I really like Sheldon Keefe, but right after this is where I think they go. It's got to be Keefe to go because I think it's not just one of these three areas. They got to address two. I think Dubis and Brendan Shanahan stay in the upper office. They stay in the front office. I think Keefe's got to go. And I really don't know, but I think one of the core four has to go. And I don't know which one steal. And maybe this is where I want to throw it back over to you because it's obviously such a tough question and I'm ready to cop out and throw it right back to you. But that's where I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. We got to shake up behind the bench. I really love Keith, but this is it. You got to go some fresh blood, some fresh voice behind that bench. And I would like to see a nice little package of maybe a D-man and a goalie for one of these big core four pieces. Uh, and I don't know who, but it better not be Matthews or I'm going to be upset. Look, I, I knew you and I would have a lot to say on this topic. And so that, that's why yeah. I knew this would be a full episode for the Toronto Maple Leafs and was a lot to talk about. Um, to me, you know, Kyle Dubas and, and Brendan Shanahan, they're, they're staying in the front office. I thought, I yeah, think too. both of them have done fantastic jobs. Dubas, especially over the last They turned years. it around. They anyway. turned it around. I love the passion from Dubas. I've seen all postseason and, those two remain. I don't think you question them whatsoever. I can see the we question mark. I can see the question marks around Sheldon Keith. There are some instances I agree with you, but I don't agree with that. He's the problem. I think he remains behind the bench as well. I think the only thing that we haven't seen over the last four years or last five years is a core four player change. That's the only thing that I can think of because we've seen the front office change. Kyle Dubas comes mm-hmm. in. We've seen a coaching change. Sheldon Keith comes in. But we haven't seen a core four change yet. And I got a lot to say, uh, you know, debating that. But that's that's the number one. Number one mm. is one of those four guys has to be moved. I don't think, and I know, or I don't know for a fact, because no one knows for a fact, but it's not going to be John Tavares and it's not going to be Austin Matthews. Those two guys will not be moved, especially since of their contracts right now. They're obviously going to try to re-sign Austin Matthews in the next year or so. And I think both actually have some sort of no-movement oh, yeah. clause in yeah. the last years of their contract. So, uh, to me, Steele, it's Marner. That's the guy it's, who's going. It's, for me, it's Marner. Or, yeah, it's either one of Marner or Nylander. I don't think Riley's going to be moved whatsoever, especially after the postseason no he just had. But yeah. I have a lot to say, and I'm going to get to what I think they should do. But I look at this offseason as a very great opportunity to shed some players off the payroll so you can look into re-signing mm. some of the UFAs. Like Justin Hall, Wayne Simmons, Zach Aston Reese, maybe Michael Bunting may have to go as well. He's in UFA as well. Uh, you know, Eric Gustafson. Ten UFAs ten on this UFAs. roster. So guys like Hall, Simmons, Zach Aston Reese, Bunting, Gustafson, even guys who are like on the lower end who mm-hmm. are a little bit str- – who have struggled and have made – who haven't done anything – uh, to help in the postseason, like Bunting hasn't helped, but so all those guys. How is Justin Hall making two million? I don't understand, but that's that's the type of money that they can use to create money for guys like Alex Kerfoot, Ryan O'Reilly, David Camp, mm. Nola Chari. Mm. You know, obviously they're not going to be able to re-sign all of those guys, but once you're able yeah. to create some cap space and flexibility with some money, even Luke Shen, sign Luke Shen again for dirt cheap. He was eight hundred and fifty thousand, nine hundred thousand. I thought he was great. So guys like that, you got to create some type of uh, of uh, leeway in the cap space to re-sign those top priority guys that are UFAs right now. And even so, you got Matthew Nyes and Nick Robertson who are still on entry-level contracts who are definitely going to slide into the bottom six group on the wing next year. 
So maybe Robertson. I don't know about him, but I hear you. I Robert, hear what you're Robertson trying to say. Robertson and Nice. Anyways, so that's the first thing. Nice for sure. Nice for sure. First, I don't disagree. That's the first thing is they're gonna have to shed some of that payroll to re-sign some of those UFAs. They've got some guys on entry level contracts that they can use in the bottom six, or even Matthew Nice up with Matthews and Marner again. Who knows? That's the first mm-hmm. thing. Second thing is what is what happened with the Florida Panthers has exactly happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs over the last 10 years. Either they don't make the playoffs or they're eliminated in the first round. That's what's happened to both the Florida Panthers and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Until last year, mm-hmm. where the Florida Panthers mm-hmm. finally won in the first round, they beat the Capitals in six games, and then just ended up getting swept in the second by the got Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. Again, same thing to the Leafs. They finally get by the first round, and then, yeah, they didn't get swept, but they lost in five games to the Florida Panthers. But it was in the exact mm. same instances. We talked about the lack the of – old gentleman sweep. Yeah, we talked about the lack of offense from the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. The Florida Panthers did the same thing last year. They scored three goals in four games. Now, the Leafs went seven Ouch. games with only scoring two goals. So, it's the first time oh. that they've had that of a dry spell in the offensive zone. It was horrific in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it's the exact same thing. Either they're eliminated or they don't make the, or they don't make the playoffs. Finally, they beat they get past the first round and in the second round they just don't show up. What does GM of the Florida Panthers Bill, Z- uh, Bill Zito do? He trades a 28-year-old stud in Jonathan Huberdeau who's coming off a 115-point season, adds a 28-year-old for, uh, 40-point uh, euro uh, 28-year-old 40-point defenseman mm-hmm. into that deal with a prospect and a pick. And acquires a younger, more talented 24-year-old stud who is also coming off a 100-point season and then also follows that Mm. up with another 100-plus point season. So for me, this goes back to the sense of we've seen the coaching change. We've seen the the, uh, front office change, general manager change. Bill Zito finally did what he had to do, traded one of his core players in Jonathan Huberto, added Mm. Mackenzie Wieger, to add a little bit more spice to get Matthew Kachuk and look where his team is at now headed to the Eastern conference finals for the first time in 27 years. So I know I went along, I went pretty long with my preamble there. Hey, Hey, but it came I, down, I like how you brought it all back together though. Back nicely. Full circle. And it's the first time in 27 years, the Florida Panthers have made it to the Eastern conference finals. And that's after trading away his best player, probably in Jonathan Huberto, who came off 115 point season. So for me, it has to be a player. It has to be one of the four core. And I'm looking at William Nylander. Yep. I think he, obviously you get a lot more for a guy like Mitch Marner, but I think it was William Nylander. And I'm going to throw this your way. This is just me spitballing mm. here. But why not try to package Matt Murray and William Nylander together? Maybe throw in a prospect as well oh and go after a guy like Rasmus Anderson and Jakob Markstrom. Like, why not? Whoa. Um, first of all, at this point, why not anything? So I'm not going to disagree with you swinging for the fences on some sort of deal. First of all, Matt Murray makes $4.6 million over the next two seasons and has not been able to play more than a week at a time without getting injured, it seems. And that's one of those things that actually on the list of Kyle Dubas moves that maybe is a chink in his armor over the last couple of seasons, the Matt Murray move is not looking so good for him. And there's a lot of question marks for the Leafs in net which is where I just wanted to throw it out before the Florida Panthers deal. Also, no one's talking about how good behind the bench has been for this. Group. Paul Maurice is a- they're just, they just Paul Maurice is just a guy that honestly, 
makes me so angry. He's such an ornery, you know, salty fellow. But his teams are so hard to play against. And when he goes up against these teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, he knows how to beat these teams that are honestly weaker between the ears. And to me, William Nylander was more dangerous than most of the Toronto forwards in the second round. And I know he had the two goals, but two goals were a what? Double Austin Matthews. And for me, you got to send a message. Marner going would be such bigger of a message to the rest of this team that it might just actually signify a change. Because if you and I, okay, I agree with you on the front office doesn't change. I can maybe agree with you on Keith, even though I think just for, you know, like the sending a message sake, he has to go to, let's say they don't do either of those. You got to really send a message somewhere by shaking it up. But we'll talk a lot more about the value of a lot of these players over the summer. We got draft rankings. We're going to do mock drafts, live drafts. We're going to have guests. We will be breaking down every position and the rankings to make sure you dominate your Mm -hmm. fantasy pool and draft next season. So make sure you keep it tapped. And if you're feeling the pod, drop that five-star review on Apple or Spotify. But Steele, let's wrap up the episode very quick with Kraken and Stars. And I'm just going to give you my quick preamble. Number one, I haven't given the Seattle Kraken team nearly enough respect. They continue to do what? What the Leafs could not do. (laughs) Punch back and push back and respond. They do so in a very big way in game six. Number two. Jake Ottinger continues to not be able to make the big saves when his team needs it the most. I think the offensive group in front of him has been more than good enough. He needs to respond. And lastly, Jordan Eberle going beast mode over the last couple of games. And in this series, five goals and three assists. This is a guy who maybe got written off a lot of times and all of a sudden steal. He's reminding me a little bit of Jordan Eberle in the World Juniors. I don't know if you were old enough to remember that, but he's changing (laughs) games now. He's changing games now, and that's the kind of player he was in junior and at the start of his career. Hey, he's one of those guys that alongside uh, Jared McCann, I was telling you to keep an eye on for fantasy waiver wire targets. Even a guy like Jaden Schwartz right now, those guys have got a chemistry going on the top line with Matty Beneers. So I I like the fact that you're highlighting Jordan Eberle. I want to throw in Jaden Schwartz into that group as well because I thought he's been phenomenal in the second round series as well. Joe Pavelski, of mm-hmm. course, just getting it done every single game for the Dallas Stars. Flip, do you have any bets for this game? I've got three bets real quick before you. Wrap oh, up. I have bets. All right, real quick. We'll I just- have bets. I just wanted to kind of throw out that tee up. But yeah, let me throw out my uh, my bets if you're okay with it. Yeah, that. of course. So here it is. I mentioned not giving respect to the Kraken, and obviously I've been wrong about it because they're just as good as this uh, Dallas Stars team. But I think you're finally going to see, and I've been calling for it all playoffs long, the combination that got this team during the regular season mm-hmm. to where they are now. Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger. We've seen Rupe Hint step up. We've seen Sagan step up in the playoffs. Even Max Domi has stepped up. They got to go back to their two biggest pieces. And if those two guys can do what they do, Robertson and Ottinger, I think this series goes right back to, sorry, goes in Dallas's favor. Stars on the money line is my lock of the night. And how about this number, Steele? Nine of the last nine games between these two, regular season or off postseason, over the number. <laughs> and I think we're going to see it again. I just don't see, I want, you know, your gut goes, oh, game seven, whole season on the line, conference final on the line. You want to go under? I don't see it. I think we're going to see over the number once again. And lastly, 
Robocop Robertson hasn't been getting the goals, but he's been getting the assist. Five of them in the last three games. Give me the Robertson anytime assist. It just goes nicely with my over and my Dallas lock pick. Those are my three bets. I love all three of them. My first pick also stars on the money line. We had we both had stars going uh, taking this series in seven, but yeah, the Kraken have just been punching back in big ways. Been crooked yep. number games as well, but I'm there with you because yeah. my second pick is also stars cracking over six and a half. You said it yourself, nine out of the nine in the regular season and the playoffs, just over the number. Mm-hmm. They're scoring goals at mm-hmm. will right now. And my lock of the night goes well with your lock of the night because my lock of the night is Pavelski anytime goal. I'm going to leave it to the hot hands right now. The guy is just scoring goals at will for the Dallas Stars. Mm. So that is my lock of the night. Flips, Robertson anytime assist as well paired perfectly together flip we're gonna have to have another full episode or something like that talking about which player mm-hmm. needs to be traded Nylander or marner i love the conversation we've had today yeah. for the toronto Maple and we're gonna Leafs. talk hurricanes devils as oh, well yeah. tomorrow Tomorrow we're talking to the devils what needs to go on with their future what went wrong because they lost in five games as well to the hurricanes what mm-hmm. went right with the hurricanes dealing with all those three injuries to big name players but We've got a good week coming up. Hurricanes, Devils, Mm -hmm. we're going to tee up the Eastern and Western Conference Finals as well. Game six, again, we're recording early. Do the Oilers move on or hold on for game seven? Or are the Vegas Golden Knights moving forward? Thank you so much for making the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast your first listen every single day. Make sure you're tuning in Monday through Friday, 7 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Hit the subscribe, hit the follow button. And again, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode with Flip and I. Have a great day. Good luck with all your bets out there. And we shall see you back here again tomorrow. Peace.